question. I mean, this this the, the answers probably would have changed over the uh, you know, over the five years <laughs> right. that they probably have evolved. But sitting where I am today, and actually, you know, thinking what's most important for me. What's most important for me is sitting down and figuring out what you know fairness. Like what's what's fair in a deal, right? So always having, always have, always looking at everything through the lens of the of the opposition. Mm. I think is probably what's really. What really for me has been putting myself, and it actually becomes part of our core values, right? Um, oh. Part of our core values is put yourself in the shoes of, of, of others. It's customer-centered ideology is a huge, huge core value. It's so important for us. It's number customer two. Customer-centered ideology. Yeah. Welcome to the Habits to Goals podcast with Martin Grunberg. It's time to take control of your life. Are you ready to achieve goals faster and more consistently than ever before? You need the habit factor. You're listening to Habits to Goals, the podcast that helps you create the habits that lead to success. And here is Martin Grumberg. All righty, here we go. Welcome back. Thank you very, very much for joining me. My name is Martin Grunberg. You have reached Habits to Goals. Today we have an epic interview. A phenomenal entrepreneur is in the studio. <laughs> and technically we are in his studio, Mr. Paul Reynolds. He is the CEO and president of Easy Hair Pro. And as I was thinking about what we were going to title this episode, it's going to be, unless it changes, The Easy Entrepreneur, and that is spelled E-A-S-I, and you will understand why soon enough. Mr. Paul Reynolds, how are you doing, sir? Outstanding, Martin, given that this is a Friday. Um, <laughs> Yes, no, doing very well, thanks. Can't complain. Pleasure to be here with you today. Or to hey, have you here with me today. Yes. yes. Well, first uh, of all, yeah, allow, I, you know, I've been trying to corner you for months. Mm. It has not been easy. I've been chasing down this interview. So, and knowing that you're going to China, China for a month, yeah. Um, yeah. you're making time on your busy schedule during a lunch so we can make this happen. So again, thank you very much. Customarily, we uh, kick this off with the GTR, which is the Good Things Report. Mm. Now, you can go first or I can go first. Well, you know, I think, uh, Martin, we'll have you go first. Why don't okay. you lead well, off your team? I, I, uh, I have two now because... It probably seems a bit coordinated, but it's incredibly random because I've been chasing you for months. So the first one is my wife just left here, stoked out of her mind. She got some of what we will be talking about, the story of Paul and, of course, his business, which is Easy Hair Pro. So anyways, wifey left and she's ecstatic. And to me, it's, it's, it's not only a good thing, it's kind of funny because... These things, as I was telling you, can either go one way or the other, and uh, I don't know why I ever doubted it. But she's had some tragic episodes before, uh, and I'm realizing she's going to be editing this, so it's funny. Um, so that's the first GTR. The second, speaking of wifey, is we just celebrated yesterday 
our 21 year anniversary. Wow, I know. outstanding. <laughs> 21 years. It is it's amazing. Great. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So there you go. What do you got? Yeah, the GTR for me, you know, listen, we, I'm getting ready to, to, to travel internationally. I get really excited when I get to travel internationally. Um, you know, even if it is China, the nice thing is that we'll be, I'll be meeting my wife in Italy for a wedding, not ours, but Beautiful. for somebody else's. Yeah, which will be outstanding. So I'm looking forward to that, wrapping up the, uh, you know, I've also, I'm going to go watch some Rugby World Cup, uh, South Africa, New Zealand. <laughs> we'll be playing, I'm stopping over in Japan on my way to China to watch that. And then I'm Damn. also be dropping in, so meeting some friends from around the world, which is great. You know, um, and connecting with my wife at the end uh, will be outstanding. And, and the second GTR for me, I think, is, you know, business is good. We, we, I had an outstanding meeting yesterday with a potential new customer. Um, that was just fantastic. And I'm just – I'm reminded of how fortunate we are to live in a country with so much opportunity. Wow. And, and just, just you know, it, it, it's just a gift that very often if we don't sit down, we're so busy comparing, which to me, you know, comparison tends to be uh, the killer of all joy. Well, it wasn't really me. I think it was Theodore Roosevelt that originally said it, but he's so true. Comparison is the killer of all joy. Sometimes we just need to stop comparing and see how fortunate we are to live in this amazing country. Um, it just it just seems no there's no end in, in in the opportunity if you're if you're hungry enough to go and uh, create it and and uh, and chase it. So beautiful. It well, we will get into that. So it's good to hear the the month long journey is not all China. <laughs> You're going to mix in some uh, business and pleasure. So yes. that's fantastic. All right. Well, we are both on a tight time frame. We're going to keep this moving. Um, so before we get into easy hair, we want to talk about Polly, Polly Jr. We want the, you know, three to five minute kind of background. You grew up where? Take us through that and lead us into your schooling uh College, I believe you're an Aztec. So, yes. So, didn't you grow up on a different continent? I did. I grew up. Uh, I grew up way down south in the deep south of South Africa. Born Africa. in Cape Town. Yeah. Born Cape in Cape Town, Town South Africa, uh, which was really just one of the jewels and the gems of this continent. Um, and so, grew up there. Immigrated to the U.S. Uh, with my, you know, entire family. My father brought us here. I went to university at San Diego State. I was an Aztec during the time of Marshall Falk and Don A. Scott. It was yes. a great introduction. Same time. Same time, yes. <laughs> it was a great introduction for, um, for me, you know, to, to American football. Uh, was with, was with that group. And, uh, so that was outstanding. <laughs> and then for me, I'm a musician. It was part of my talent. So I played in a band for four years called Toast through university. That was, that Toast? was a lot of fun. Yeah. Toast was the name of the I band. Love it. <laughs> you won't believe what we called the first album. It was called Spread the Jam. So, <laughs> <laughs> it was quite, quite, quite outstanding. Yes, oh genius. My God, yeah, that so. Is absolutely. so before we get too mm. far ahead, yep. I want to drag you back to Cape Town. Yep. Uh, what were, what was it like growing up there and, and kind of your, if you had any like personal tendencies or talents, inclinations, did you see yourself perhaps heading towards entrepreneurship as a young man or? So, so you know, Cape Town and yeah, Cape Town. I grew up. I grew up with my father is extremely entrepreneurial, and growing up in Cape Town was you know was a, was was just a gift. I, I liken 
my upbringing to maybe what the 50s was growing up in 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 the US um things weren't as as fast paced as we have them now you know this the status symbol of being busy wasn't so much of wasn't just just wasn't prevalent we didn't have the technologies that we have which which are a blessing and a curse um, and so for me, I, I, you know, I grew up in the bush. I grew up barefoot. Um, <laughs> yeah, running man. around building forts and dens. And, oh. you know, I was, I grew up English and, and part of my life I spent in predominantly Afrikaans, which is Dutch descendants in neighborhoods. And so we had our gangs that we used to, you know, right. we used to, we used to, um, rival and, 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 but it, you know, it was just a great upbringing. My parents were very social. We spent a lot of time around other people. Um, how we, old were you when you moved? So I, we immigrated to the U.S. I was 14 years 14. old. Yeah, Got it. So it was a very influential time. So then the we, mean, mean streets of the Palace mean Bridge. streets of Pacific Palisades. <laughs> yeah. Pacific Palisades. That's what yeah. I mean. You know, when we immigrated, we we had some friends that immigrated before us. They landed in Pacific Palisades. That's how we landed there. Um, and that was a that was a very interesting eye opener for me. You know, coming through, going to the Palisades, extremely affluent area in the U.S. And, uh, you know, just made some amazing friendships through the way there. And just, yeah. At 14. 14. A, yeah, it's a tough a age. Semi, tough age. Yeah. yeah rough yeah. juncture. So were you yeah. for or against the move? You know, I was very against the move. Uh, it took me, it took me a long time. As you can see, you know, I, I, I still, I, you know, I, rugby is still a huge part of my DNA, uh, growing up playing rugby as a kid and, and, uh, you know, I, I still love rugby, hence the Rugby World Cup. Uh, a lot of my friends and my social circles here are South African. Um, I married a woman from Zimbabwe. So, you know, there's a lot of things. I, I, I felt like I was ripped out at a very influential age. I was making right. friends. Sure. I was, you know, I had a girlfriend and, and, uh, it was, it was a tough time. We had a very free lifestyle. We used to take the train to the beach and, wow. you know, hang out on the beach. And we, we just, you know, we'd go and hang out at each other's homes on a, on a Friday and a Saturday night. Very social, very fun, very freeing, Did you know. anything in particular precipitate the move where you would... No, it was, I mean, I wish it was something as exciting as we were, we were being chased out of the country and we left at the, you know, in the right. cover of darkness. But it was nothing quite that elaborate. My father just, you know, he said that, Living under an inexperienced government would be a challenge. And so he kind of foresaw 94 back, you know, wow. well before that and saw a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people were leaving. A lot of affluent people were leaving. And my father was a successful entrepreneur. And he said, you know what, I'd rather be a small fish in a, in, in a big bowl versus a, 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 or, you know, a big fish in a, in a small bowl. And, and so 94 was the apartheid. 90, 94 was, uh, that was the first free and democratic elections with Nelson Mandela. You know, being released in jail in '92, and then you know it was it was there were big changes, big struggles that were that were coming, and, and changes that were long overdue. Got it. So your father looked at the landscape, yeah. looked at the environment, and thought, "Hey, maybe, maybe this makes strategic sense." Yes, especially and, from an entrepreneur business perspective. To yes, it sure. does, but Got not it. not the entire family agreed with him. I mean, my brother moved sure. back to South Africa, and it's only to this day now. That he's starting to question when the currency's hitting fifteen to one. Right. You know, it's 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 maybe well, he's second I mean, guessing you're that. Thirty years later or forty years later. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Years. Well, that's a great background. So, so then you you come out of uh, San Diego State. Did you play some rugby with State at all? No. I didn't play much rugby at San Diego no. State. Actually, I was in a band and and late nights right, and early mornings. <laughs> I, was, I was spreading the jam. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to be a musician with groupies versus, oh, uh, 
you know, for me, that was, that was kind of my motivation. That's awesome. So, so yeah, out of San Diego State, that brings you where, where, how do we segue? My understanding is you, you got like an accounting background. Yeah. Talk, yeah. talk about some of that. Where's the yeah, information well, there? It's interesting, actually. You know, for me, um, accounting wasn't, wasn't the first, second, or probably first 100th choice for me at the time. You know, but my father just said, if you want to do, you know, I didn't really want to go to college initially. I wanted to be a musician. Um, and so. <laughs> of course. Who you know, doesn't? So he said, well, if you don't want to go anyway and you're going to go, why don't you just do something that's going to challenge you? And if you want to be, what do you see yourself doing? And I, I, I didn't really, I didn't really want to work for anybody else from a very young age. You know, I was tired of living under the roof of parents telling you what to do. And so I wanted, to, <laughs> I actually wanted to be the one that tell people what to do instead of being told what to right, do. Right. So for me, um, I went to college, I went to university, I studied accounting. Um, How did you select San Diego State? Well, you know, I, I had some friends that moved down to San Diego. I moved down with some friends. I didn't actually initially go to San Diego State. I, my, you know, my grades weren't, uh, I wasn't exactly the most scholarly individual. So I, find I ended that up. hard to believe. Yes, I know. <laughs> you know, judging by looks, you'd think I'm uh, super smart. So, uh, yeah, I can understand uh, so, that. So, so, your dad, because yeah. I think you're you're keying on something, yeah. or I'm keying on something. Your dad's brilliant. He's like, look, if you want to know about becoming an entrepreneur, basically without saying it or perhaps saying, it, study the fundamentals, understand accounting. Yeah. And so he directs you to that, and you you yeah. took to it. I took to it. I studied. I did my CPA uh, exam. I was president of. Uh, student accounting society at San Diego State, which what? Re- yeah, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, that is actually <laughs> president. Yeah. Of, wow, SAS Student Accounting Society <laughs> at great. San Diego State, and that was really that's amazing. That was my way of getting into what was back then called the big six firms, because right. you know to get in there you had to have AP, you know, at college and and uh, all kinds of all kinds of. Top grades, you had to really have a 4.0 right. plus to get in there. And what we did was, you know, <laughs> you I didn't, didn't quite have, have that. that. Surprise, so, I didn't you were, have that. You were active in the clubs. So. Yeah, I mean, I had a good GPA. You know, I had a, I had a, I had a solid B GPA <laughs> and, uh, you know, I worked. I, I, so I worked 3. hard 2. at it. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it was. A, yeah, I think I rounded up to 3.2, something like that. It was a 3.2, 3.3 GPA, <laughs> and that really wasn't going to get you into the likes of Ernst Ernst Young. And at the time, I think it was uh, Arthur Anderson was still around. Deloitte and Touche, Pete Marwick. Coopers and Librand before it was PWC. And so I, I, I went through that route and I ended up getting picked up by Coopers and Librand here in San Diego. So I went and I worked with Coopers and Librand they're, from 94. They're big time. They are big time. And then you go to Ernst, right? And then I, yeah, I went, uh, interestingly enough, uh, it didn't work out at, you know, my first lesson, <laughs> my first lesson in, in, in things that it didn't work out. I, I, I had a, you know, there was just a, a, a disagreement that I had and that I wasn't aware of apparently between, you know, what I would like to do on the weekends and, and where they wanted me on the weekends. Got so it. a couple of those things, you know, it was a great lesson to learn at a young age, sure. right, is that when you're working for the man, you got to listen to the man, you got to do what the man did. And so I I actually got under the skin of, of, of a manager and, <laughs> and to leave all the details out, he he said it was either either they right. get rid of me or get rid of him. And, wow. and, and so I went, I went packing. <laughs> Goodbye. So I went packing, and, and it was what, actually it was it was interesting because I was being recommended, and and I was told, and it was funny because the people that I worked directly for in that hierarchy, you know, you have what you call senior associates, so you have associates, senior associates, managers, and then partners. And so what happened then? I was an associate, and all the senior associates were recommending that I, I get promoted to senior associate, 
and start running jobs and taking on more responsibility. And, uh, 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 you know, what was his name? Dennis Rutherford. That was his name. And, uh, yeah, we don't need to. Don't mean to mention any names, but Dennis, if you're listening, buddy, I forgive you, mate. It's all, it's all good. Yeah. So, so where's your father along this journey? Is he, is he much in contact or not? Are you sharing your, your trials and tribulations as a. Yeah. So, so, you know, just to, just to, just to fast track that, I went to Ernst and Young after leaving Cooper's. I was, I was, became a senior associate there. I worked there in the U.S. for them for about a year and a half. And then I transferred to, uh, uh, to England. And I worked for them there, and I started doing England. Yeah, England. 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 Wow. Yes, just so across how long the were you pond. There? So I was there. I was in England for another four years. I wow. worked for Ernst Young for four years, and I kind of transitioned. I did some audit, but I also did some uh, corporate finance for them. Um, right. And so that's when I started getting into the the whole side of mergers and acquisitions. So, so then, you, answer, so there's accounting, then there's mergers and acquisitions, yeah, and then yeah. how do we? See, you you kind of reconnect with. Uh, Jean Renault yeah. and Dad. Dad. So, 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 really, what happened was what, what I what I started seeing in business was that, you know, the interesting thing for me is that all the opportunity existed in the niches. So, within all the niches of niches, it, you, you find that's where the opportunity is. It's a great book out there. It's called um, Hidden Giants. Oh. Yeah, the, all the riches are in the niches, right. bitches. So, excuse me. Whoops. Oops. No, that's all right. Whoa. So, all the riches are in the niches, and I think what happens <laughs> is, you know, you start. Um, you know, you, you start seeing this. And so I figured out that, that my father was in the wig business, and the wig business was the niche. And he was telling me that extensions, hair extensions, were really starting to take off. Nice. And, uh, you know, so I came back to the U.S. in 2000, January 2001. I started Easy Hair ah, without the pro. Without and, the pro. Yeah, and I went along this journey, and, and I started looking at what was currently on the market and, 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 and where I could actually create a niche within a niche. Right. Right. So there already was one. Wigs was a niche. And then hair extensions are niche within the right. wigs. And then if you keep going, wow. I wanted to find a specific method of hair extension that was that this was a niche is, within that. This is why he's driving four Teslas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you went you went three niche levels deep. Three niche levels deep. <laughs> yeah. So that's and awesome. So what, you know, and then there was then it was really about relationshiping. For me, the whole thing was oh my, my relationship God, with my father. Just, this is like I want to take notes. <laughs> Niches, relationships, good yeah. stuff. Keep going. So it was really about relationshiping. The relationship with my father was slowly starting to get stressed because by 2003, I'd kind of identified a method of hair extensions that a woman had had, had patented that was going to change. It was going to going to really redefine and has redefined the way that hairs is hairs attached to, to to people's heads. And so, you know, then it was about really and, and at that time. My father's in what we call the OTC business. OTC is, is, is an acronym for over-the-counter. And the over-the-counter business was one where you had to sell into retailers and you relied on minimum wage people to Got sell it. your product. Right, and it was right. a challenge. Sure. And I saw that challenge early. Um, Damn. And Strategy, too. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> By the way, remember I said easy entrepreneur. We're mm. going to circle back to that, but keep going. <laughs> so really, so what happened then is that I, I started trying to make my exit, and it took it took a number of years before we, we actually did exit. Because, you know, being the good son, my father said, well, we've committed. We're growing. Things with easy hair are doing really right. well. Um, why would you like to go now? You know, we got into Ulta. Uh, at the time, and they, you know, they had about 800 locations then. They're now 1,200, and I know that because we're, you know, we right. work with them currently as well. Um, and so, you know, it, it just 
actually that that making that transition was 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 arguably one of the toughest things I had to negotiate, but but one of the best. And the way that I negotiated that, which is possibly for a little bit later or another conversation, is really about is really what helped set me up for success in what became Easy Hair Professional. New listener, the quickest way to get up to speed here at Habits to Goals to understand how it is you are going to craft intentionally the good supportive habits that will help you reach your goals more quickly. The process we follow is PAR. Plan, act, record, and reassess. That's it. It's fairly simple. You have three ways to get your free tracking sheet, which will get you straight up to speed very quick. So you can go to thehabitfactor.com forward slash templates. You can text the word habits, H-A-B-I-T-S, to 33444. And (laughs) finally, to give you additional resources, just use your favorite search engine or and or Google, and just type PAR, P-A-R-R, in the habit factor. For those of you looking for a super, super deep dive on habit, the book, that's right, it's almost 10 years old. Check out the habit factor on Kindle. It is, I believe it's $3.99 or $4.99, practically free. Of course, it gives you not just a deep dive on habit, but, but really walks you through the habit factor process. So there are a handful of options for the new listener. Well, yeah, so maybe we don't have to go nine layers deep yep. on that, but but the the short story, the two sentence summary, if if it's even possible, I I think you touched on something there. That, yeah. The transition, you know, I, I think I think the the overall, if we have to go, you know, macro on this before we go micro, right, the right. actual macro on this is that when you negotiate, you need to extract yourself from the weeds. You really need That's to go great. up and, and look at what it is. Yeah. That you, that, that you need, not necessarily what you want, because there's a difference between the wants and the needs, especially when you're starting another entity. Got it, got it. And so the extraction we're talking about is, is the one from Easy Hair with yep. your father mm-hmm. and then Easy Hair Pro. Yep. And, uh, so that's a good tip though. <laughs> yeah. I like that. And, 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 you know, I like that. Focus on not what you need. Yeah, and sometimes you know the interesting thing is you don't know it. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Well, you talk, you talk about what hindsight. You need versus want. Yeah, your needs versus your wants. I think are are a good, are a great, great, uh, great, great distinction because, unfortunately, very often hindsight is 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 what teaches you. Unless you spend the time really focusing, and I don't know what your method of focus is. Maybe it's some kind of you know meditation, or maybe it's just locking yourself in a room with paper and writing things down, and really just focusing on it. Because very often, what we believe we need—oh my goodness—is is very separate from what we truly need. It's funny. Just quick, kind of dovetail off to say. So the last few episodes. Although who knows when this is going to air, but but I talked. One was called hypnotized, and mm. it's about this idea that we get into this belief and whatever we believe, yeah. and then um, the next one was you and them and synergy. But but yeah, the idea of the stories we create yes. are the ones we look to validate and yep. we look to believe. So challenging those stories is uh, critical. So this is what 
and why I wanted to interview you so badly. So the one thing I'm not sure you give yourself necessarily enough credit for, perhaps you do and I just don't see it, you're, you're a tremendous student of the game of entrepreneurship. You're, you're constantly reading the books. You're doing more than reading. You're implementing the good ideas that, that are important. Mm. And then you're able to, I think, very, very well articulate some of the key uh, strategies that are essential for entrepreneurship. Yeah. So. I would love, this was not on your prep sheet, um, I'm going to throw out a different question before we transition to our usual questions, because we're already rounding second here, but but just, if I'm a new entrepreneur, I'm listening to this, I, I love what I'm hearing from Paul, uh, as a new entrepreneur, if there, there are three or four tips, you you might be able to give yourself in hindsight um, mm. what what might they be? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, this this the answers probably would have changed over the over, yeah, over the five years <laughs> right. that they probably have evolved. But sitting where I am today, and actually, you know, thinking what's most important for me. What's most important for me is sitting down and figuring out what you know fairness. Like, what's what's fair in a deal, right? So always having. Always, have, always looking at everything through the lens of the of the opposition. Mm. I think is probably what's really, what really for me has been putting myself, and it actually has becomes part of our core values, right? Um, oh. Part of our core values is put yourself in the shoes of, of, of others. It's customer centered ideology is a huge, huge core value. It's so important for us. It's number customer two. Centered, centered ideology. ideology. Yeah. So and, and and what that is, the explanation is that is walk in the customer's shoes. Beautiful. Understand what it's like, understand that experience. So for me, one of the things is is really I always start from the baseline of if I was the other person, what would I want? Mm. For me is the most is 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 the most crucial piece. Um and another thing I've learned is that slow is fast. I mean, it's become oh, so cliche, but you're you know, killing me. slow is fast. If you take the time, <laughs> instead of rushing, you know, and the more you think, it's like, I'll give you an example for me. Sometimes the things that emotionally drive me to respond to an email, <laughs> right? The fact that when that adrenaline's boiling and you just want to respond so quickly, you know, that's the time to say, slow down, charm school. You're not, yeah. it's not going to come out the way you really mean it. Wow. It's going to come out the way that you think it. And you're thinking now, slow down and tell them what you really mean. Give it time. Let it, let it, let it percolate. So slow is fast is one of the, is one of the biggest things. And, and in that slowest fast part is you've got to do your due diligence, man. You've right. got to spend the time and do the due diligence. And I would say that the DD is probably the one thing that's that for me, the other thing is that, you know, numbers tell you what emotions want. That's, that for me is the biggest thing. So really become data focused. Focus on the numbers, right? And then the most critical thing I think is surround yourself with people. Well, I mean, I'm probably going to go over four, so let me limit it to, to It's to fine. There's, you don't have to limit it to anything. Well, surrounding yourself with people, people, right, that, 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 are like-minded, that have synergy, that think, feel, act, operate the same way that you do, right. is, 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 it's crucial. Building that team 
is the one thing, and, and, and this is where slow is fast again. So they're all, they're all somewhat in, sure, intertwined, sure. right? So if you go back to it and, 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 and you hire somebody, trust your gut and follow it. If, it's, if they don't feel right, they're not right, right? So, so is it just a gut thing or is it, can we back up to more macro? You touched on values and I think one of the key breakthroughs from afar that I've witnessed with you was your, um, and it goes back probably 10 years ago, yeah. but when you really put the time in to go through the values and, and I'm guessing that influences the, the product, the service, the quality and the people, right? Mm. So talk about values. Well, if you think about what I started out with, right? My first thing was structure the deal as if you were the other person, right? right? What does that other person want? So if you look at it from, from, from my standpoint, I believe that I always say, you know, I could never sell snake oil. I'm not interested in selling things that I don't believe in. For me, I've got to believe in it. And, and one thing about our product, and this is not a product plug in any way, but I know, and it was testament today, you know, with Gretchen, yep. I know that <laughs> she walked out of here ecstatic. Absolutely ecstatic. Right. And I could tell when she came in, she was a little bit nervous. Oh, she wasn't she, sure what to expect, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so, and, and, and putting her in the hands of Angie, who is just such Great a job, rock Angie. star. Yeah, Angie's just a rock star. And putting her in the right hands with the right team, so it was all, all kind of centers. But values are, you know, I knew that my product was going to make her feel better. That's it was going to make her look better as far as the way that she saw herself. But, Right. And I think it's really that experience. You know, selling a product is one thing. We don't sell products. We refuse to sell a product here. We sell a process. We sell an experience. We sell something so much more than than, than a product. So because we got to get to the other questions, just button it up. How, how did you, what led you to know you had to identify the values and how difficult was it? How long did it take? Uh, maybe it's still ongoing, but, but talk about the process of figuring out your values, your core company values. You know, it was, it was really... Because I've done many episodes on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think for me, it was, you know, I, I said comparison was the killer of all joy, but it can also be the creator of all joy, and it just depends from what side you... you from, from how you approach it. For me, I compared myself to what was out there, and I saw what their strengths were and what their weaknesses were. And then for me, it was really important that I, part of separating, part of being my own kind of voice with whatever I do is that it was really important for me to, to, to surround myself with like-minded people. So I tried to, so I had to sit down at one point and write down what That's does what a I like-minded mean. person look like? What does it feel like? What do they actually feel like? What, 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 what do I want them to get? Because the interesting thing is my values are good if it's just me. I need to find out which values. That's why it's finding people that share the same values. But I had to find so, things. So was it team exercise? Team exercise. Got it. That's yeah. where I'm going. But at the same time, you know what? It's also me that spearheads right. it. Right. And so for me, I had to find ways to actually kind of make sure that some of the values that were really important to me made their way through. Yeah, and yeah. so I said, I <laughs> sat down with myself and figured out what's, what are my non-negotiables Great. and what are my other negotiables. Great. No, and that's the, for me, it was... I sat in the office 20 years ago on a weekend. I went through it, showed it to the team, yeah. said, does anybody want to change yeah. this, do that? And nobody did, yeah. which was unfortunate. I was looking for um, But the process, a lot of people don't buy into. If you're, if you're thinking about starting a company, start somewhere well, along the path of what, what is this? Yeah. What are the values? So, you know, you, you sparked something with me. I think one of the things that we did is I was very clear with people when I interview people. There's a couple of things that I do. But the one thing that's really important for me is 
for me to, 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 to let them understand that these are, these are the non-negotiables in the organization, and they're not just my non-negotiables, they're the team's non-negotiables. And so what's, what's really important is that this process is going to help you make decisions. And so Bingo. you actually, you. it's really not about, it's not about, you know, you've got to help yourself. Is that, you know, if, if, if like, for us, balance point of view is another core value, Great. right? And, and, and that kind of balances out the customer's not always right. And what is the first one? First one is integrity. Beautiful. From, from, from being whole with yourself right. and being it. whole with everybody out okay. and approaching everything from a sense of, 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 of true, authentic honesty. Do right? what you say, say, say what you well, do. Well, reliability is another one of ours. <laughs> sure. It's slightly different. So reliability is also a core value for us. Yeah. It's doing what you said 100% of the time, even if it costs us, period. Wow. Beautiful. All right. We are approaching third base, and we are tight on time. Brilliant work here. Mr. Reynolds, um, I think in many ways, not that it's a direct linear relationship, but, but entrepreneurship and, dare I say, success, air quotes, mm, mm. go hand in hand. Again, not mm. linear um, and certainly by no means uh, even a parallel relationship. But, but I guess I'm just trying to lead up to my question to you. How do you define success? Great question. My favorite question because I've always said that, you know, chasing money is, 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 is futile. Chasing success is, is, is rewarding because where there is, hopefully, if you do things correctly, where there is success, there will be money. So for me, I think the big, the, the big piece around that, success for me, is really being fed from the inside out, mm. right? And really Beautiful. feeling feeling like when I finish a day and I walk out of here, I feel good. You know, it's, 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 it's success is really empowering other people to, to feel good about not only themselves, but what they do on a daily basis. Success for me is, is, is not just taking, it's really about giving. It's really about, you know, when I find that we, 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 we give people opportunity. One of the, the best thing I can say to people is, you know, what, what I do well is I can give you opportunity, Right. From there, it's up to you. And I think so. For me, success is really feeling it, it, it's, it's, it's being fueled from, from, from a family standpoint. So familiarly, financially. Familiarly. Um, I like that. You know, yeah. Just, and, no, and, and inside friends, out. Friends. I mean, friendship for me. Relationship. Yeah, relationships, man. <laughs> whether, it's, whether it's business, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's, whether it's friends of friends. And that reminds me, speaking of friends, somebody's got a big birthday coming up. This will probably air after that. Um, All right. Next question. Two or three of, and I'll just bundle these together Mm -hmm. in the interest of time, your best habits today Mm -hmm. and maybe one not so great one that you're trying to kill. You know, those are good questions. So <laughs> I think I think one of my best habits is part of my planning, um, getting in on a daily basis and really Oh, my God. That was an episode I just did. Planning. Sorry. It's okay. killing me. Yeah. You're just – okay, good. Sorry. So plan, planning was one, locking yourself up and really putting it down on paper because if you dive right in, the rest of the day is a mess. And, and believe me, I'm still not – I'm still not, I haven't got that one down 100% yet, but I, I, I'm 90% there on doing that. So four out of five days, well, that's 80, a little bit best. Four and a half out of five days, I'm there planning it. and uh, Never begin the day until it is finished on paper. That's, that's right. a Jim Rohn Is that his quote? I like yeah. it. He knows what he's talking about. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> spot on. Um, getting things out of your head. 
you know, out of the eight inches between your ears and, and, and onto paper is, right. is, is huge. It's, it's, it's hugely planning. valuable. Yeah, planning. So planning is planning's definitely one of them. Um, another one of my habits, I think, that, that I do is that um, I'm starting to get home for dinner every night. That's a habit I've wow. created. And, and getting home by six, um, you know, to, to, to a warm meal every – at least uh, Monday, through, Monday through Thursday because Friday is pizza night for the kids. <laughs> so uh, – and, and don't mess with that, Dad, if you know what's no, good for you. So that's, right. so that's you, know, you know, getting home at six, getting out of the office at a certain time. The other one, I think for me, one of my habits that I'm, I'm trying to perfect um, – is really how to work on the, the – I've just hired somebody to help me with this, to really be an executor for me. Uh, not an assistant, but an actual project executor. So I start everything, I hand it over, and then collectively we, we complete it once we've got all the pieces in place. But it's really about quality work, not quantity of work. So, And I'm trying to get myself I'm – try, I'm trying to work myself out of the office uh, as much as I possibly can. So really it's about identifying um, – one of the habits I'm trying to foster now is is trying to cut down that 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 that, that involvement pure, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Just using the four quadrants, right? Oh, well. What to eliminate? Right. What to delegate? And then what uh, a not so good habit? Maybe you're trying to. You know, for me, eliminate. I think I think socializing habitually. The way that we socialize <laughs> is what I'm trying to eliminate. So whether it's whether it's the good grape or whether it's the the, uh, the agave, those are two of my <laughs> two. The tequila or the wine, Tequir, I think, are the tequila, two things I love. Um, you know, and just really, just really having balance is the one that the balance, I guess. If I had to sum up, what's the toughest thing I can't break is trying to bring balance. Whether it's whether it's work to family, whether it's you know whatever it is, yeah. Beautiful. All right, we're getting close to home base. Um, favorite books, two, maybe two books that you'd recommend along the entrepreneurial or just just transformational to you, your thinking. You know, for me, the first one has to be Vern's uh, Rockefeller Habits. Nice. Um, Habit. I didn't feel scaling up. I, I'm not a huge fan of scaling up. Right. I believe it was almost a commercialized version of that. I, I, I think Rockefeller Habits, Vern just, just nailed it. I love that book. I love that book. One page um, strategic plan. One page strategic plan. No, just the three things, the priorities, right? Yeah. The data and the cadence. And the one thing yeah. most businesses get wrong, and if we do talk again, I'd like to talk about cadence. We will. Rhythm. And rhythm. Finding and, and, and not operating as six or seven silos in an organization. How do you link them? How do, how, how do you create a, a well-oiled engine where every where the pistons are firing perfectly, right? Or, you know, um, even though I'm not a big fan of electric. So power. Rockefeller I mean, habits. Anything else? Fuel power. So Rockefeller habits is really good for me. Uh, that's, that's what I loved. I liked who who was a great book for Ooh, me. Who to hire was right. was just an amazing book. I think. Um, you know, uh, just a personal book I enjoyed was 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 out of out of America. It was a great book. Being 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 South African and and, and moving to America, I read that book. It was really enlightening for me, on a personal standpoint. For me, I, I, a lot of podcasts. So you know, I I, I I love one I listened to recently, which is a great one. Is 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 Robin Sharma's uh, "The Six Things I Wish I Knew by the Time I Was 20. Great. Yeah, great, I'll great, great. If you get that, out. that's 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 a great one. I just I'm sure to that it's one. right up there with the H2G Habits to Gold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got favorite books. Tech tool. I'm glad you mentioned a podcast because uh, is there a tech tool, gadget, app, 
other than you, you those know, iPhone itself type thing that, that you really influences your day, week, the, the, slash yeah. life? The one thing that's changed here for me from a business standpoint is the full adaptation of Teams. So we use Microsoft Teams and, and even for phone calls and everything else. And the beauty of it is that I'm trying to get away from email. So all our external communication, everything happens through Teams. You know, whether I run a China office as well, so keeping China going. You know, we've got 25 outside. That's awesome. um, Outside 1099, educators for us strategically located around the country, keeping them on board. I mean, the functionality by that, and we also use our, uh, our accounting platform is also one that we use through that as well. So Beautiful. It's, just, it, it's just a seamless, great way. And getting away from email, yep. for me, that, that time suck, that vacuum of email, <laughs> well, that is, that's, that's, that's that, yeah. All right. Well, it has been, I hate to do it. Because I know we're leaving a lot on the table, but it has been entertaining and enlightening, um, and certainly educational. So, thank you very much, Paul. Before we sign off, before yeah. you sign off, yeah. is there anything, a website to promote? We'll, we'll link, of course, to your company. But any, anything you want to share, or just final words? Have at it. You know, I, I think that um, I think for me, you know. I don't really need any promotion, you know. Right. But the one thing I think that resonates with me is, you know, Brian Tracy said it well. My wife worked for Brian for a number of years. And um, Brian, Brian Tracy says it really well. He talks about, you know, how listening to, to podcasts or reading, you know, if you drive in your car, constantly listening to, to, you know, and for me it's a balance. In the morning it's a podcast, in the way home it's definitely not. It's music. I mean, for me I, I love love music. So it's, it's going to be that, you know, but for me I think the big thing is chase, chase your passions. Find that balance. Get out of the office. Do the things. Put things on the calendar. Write things down. Book trips. Pay the deposits. <laughs> do the things because you know what? If you don't put the deposit down, the trip doesn't happen. Got it. And spend time with friends. Make time for friends. I mean, um, and, and get rid of the things you don't like to do. If, you know, if, like for example, if your wife doesn't like to cook, hire a cook. Wow. Right? Do, do just, right. you know, don't shed those habits, those bad, those things that we've grown up with that we think are our identity. So before, before I continue, I think that's probably good enough. That's beautiful. Uh, thank you so much. Pleasure, sir. Smarty. That was amazing. And pleasure, as pleasure. for constant learning, chances are good they're doing that by listening right now in their car. So, okay, say goodbye, Polly. Cheers, guys. Good luck. Great Thanks, job. Marty. Great job. Hey, really quick, I just want to remind you, if you want to grab your habits and goals tracking template, the template that started it all, you can get that really quickly. Just text me at 33444 and simply text the word habits. That is habits, H-A-B-I-T-S, to 33444, and you will get the tracking template immediately. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thanks for dropping a quick review. It'll take you less than 30 seconds if you're getting value. I'm out.